0: Now they've got Ocho at their defense, who I still did not know was a girl. Thank you, Michael.
1: Uh, (laughs) I didn't either.
0: That's a girl? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But um She ugly. But uh (laughs) Dang. (laughs) Dang, girl,
1: man.
2: Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas, and you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a audacious ball of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga dudes and dudettes, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your lowly co-host, Rob, and join with me, as always, is my main man, my partner in Ninja Turtle crime, Mr. Josh O'Rourke. Hi, hi everyone. I'm good. Hey. How, how, how have you been doing lately, Hosehead?
0: Uh not too bad. Just uh writing, doing a lot of uh video editing and a lot of working on my YouTube channel and it's really frustrating because like the editing equipment that I have, the editing programs that I have right now are nowhere near as good as the ones I used to have and it sucks. Oh. And everything just kind of looks just bland. And because like I I was using this program called Windows Movie Maker and yeah. with the Windows 10 update, that program is no longer a service anymore. And yeah, really? And like, like it? Windows, uh, new Windows video editor that they have now is absolute crap. Uh, <laughs> Windows, Microsoft, you, you people really dropped the ball. Like you dropped the ball so hard it fell through the earth and hit China. Okay? <laughs> That's how bad. Wait a minute, isn't the earth flat? No, you're, shut up. <laughs>
2: So first of all, uh it's so sorry it's been so long <laughs> since <laughs> yeah. we've recorded. Uh it you know, it's it's all me. I've been um you know, of course I'm a teacher and this is always the the time of year Josh you hit the nail on the head a little earlier. Um we were talking it seems like Uh, around may it's just the craziest time of the year for us as teachers you know between state testing then field trips then i'm on the prom committee so i've got to you know (laughs) plan for that i'm on i'm all the all these things that i was signed up for and and had no say kimberly on uh, the decorating committee yeah (laughs) So you know, you know, it's all coming to a head this month. So I do deeply apologize that we haven't had anything out um, sooner, but we're really excited about what we are going to be talking about because this entire month, um, or just about all of it, is going to be dedicated to catching up to the IDW comics because we are at a point where some major things, probably the most significant things, in the volume five universe right now are happening right now with the city at war story arc coming up yeah so today on episode 132 we're covering idw issue 92 next saturday we're going to be talk about issue 93 and then the following saturday which would be episode 134 we will be reading the brand new one that will just be coming out issue 94 i think it comes out may 22nd so Basically, this whole month is dedicated to the current stuff, and we're really excited about it because things are really heating up here, and I think this comic book here, issue 92, kind of ramps up um, a lot more than than 91 did. Uh, There's a lot more going on, it seems like, in this book, and seeds are getting planted. I've got so many questions already. I haven't read 93 yet, so maybe some of them get answered next week, but right now, I'm pretty excited about it. So what about you, Jose?
0: Uh, Yeah, really, I mean, like, as good as this issue is, uh, it's the last issue that's drawn by Michael Dialinus. Yes. Um,
2: Excellent pronunciation, by the way.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he told us how to say it. It was so funny when he was just like, stop putting an inflection on stuff. It's just (laughs) Dialinus. And you still were like, Dialinus? He's like, no, Dialinus. Well, the way I
2: heard him say it, I thought there was an inflection on it.
0: He has an accent. That's why. (laughs) Well, Well, I was just copying him. Yeah. You were imitating somebody else's accent.
2: (laughs) Well, because, yeah,
0: I guess it was.
2: (laughs) Well, I thought, okay, you're probably right on that
0: one. Yeah, oh, he talks like this. Yes. (laughs) But, like, no, I was thinking about him on this one because I remember when we were talking to him, he said that this was the issue that he hated drawing the most because the first, like, three pages are a car chase.
1: Yeah, he yeah, that's right.
0: drawing it. And it was just like, and I remember he said that he drew that last because he didn't want to do it. And so I was like, "Wow!" I, I reread it this morning. I was like, "That was immediately what I thought of because it picked up <laughs> on a car chase." I was like, "I'm sorry, Michael. You know, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a good scene. It looks great. Yeah. He did great."
0: Also, real quick, speaking of Michael Alanis, um his series, The Woods, it's all a complete series now. It's the yearbook edition of those books is going to start coming out. On the 14th, it can be pre-ordered right now on Amazon. You can pre-order it. There's going to be three volumes of his series, The Woods, uh, and it's going to be called – it's a big hardcover collection called the Yearbook Edition. There's going to be three of them, and it will contain the entire uh, storyline. I think it's like 32 issues all, all when all of it's said and done. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Looks really good. Look, I've, I've been wanting to see it.
0: Yeah, like the story of The Woods is like a high school gets transported to an alien planet. And they have to deal with it. There's just like there's so there's like three hundred kids and fifty two staff members all get transported to this alien planet. And, you know, it's like oh, okay. It looks kinda like it looks kinda like dungeons and it's like they're LARPing basically is what it looks like. And it's I know it's not that, but that's what it looks like. But it's um J- I think it's James Tinian the Fourth.
2: Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Um, from the Batman TMNT crossovers, which okay. that one has Batman T number three. Like, that just, the first issue of that book just hit store shelves this week. And um, uh, it's him and Michael Dialinus just full-on creativity, originality, and everything in this in this one thing. So, right, yeah. I'm very Gosh. much looking forward to that. I'm going to wait until those are out, and then I'll buy those, I think. I, th- I mean, it looks really. It looks interesting enough for me to to pick that up. So.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, you know that that's the thing about doing the show. When when you actually talk to some of the creators, you kind of become fanboys. You know, you're like, oh wow, I got to meet him. So uh, like, I, I I really want to see what else to he's buy worked it, on. Right?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I could talk to the guy for like an hour and a half, and his stuff genuinely sounded cool. I'd be like, yeah, I can throw twenty bucks at the guy three times, you know, to buy the yeah, you know. So that's what I that's probably what i'm gonna
2: do yeah me too me too he's got my money for sure yeah um so let's see what else has been happening lately? i know last saturday we had free comic book day and that was a lot of fun um i originally was supposed to help uh the manager um his name's randy at the comic book shop at our our neck of the woods here in knoxville tennessee it's called new krypton comics it's an awesome little shop. He he's an artist, so it's the most unique comic shop I've I've ever been to because there's all this crazy cool sci-fi artwork all over the place, along with a bunch of Superman stuff because he's a die-hard Superman guy, and it's just the most colorful comic shop I've ever seen. But I was supposed to help him during Free Comic Book Day, but I think he actually already had so many people helping that he didn't really need me. Yeah. But I, I was there anyway, and it was so so much fun. We just. It was crazy. It, it, I'd never been there before they had opened during Free Comic Book Day. But there was a huge line just, just to get in there. And it was it's a small place anyway. So it was super crowded. Right. But everyone was in a good mood. Everyone was happy. A lot of kids were dressed up. It was a lot of fun. And I know, I know the Ninja Turtles had a free comic book this year. But I don't think Randy had ordered any. Because I didn't see any there. Because I certainly would have picked it up. But hopefully you guys listening have the new issue. I think it was called Casualty of War, and I hope it was good. I really don't know anything about it, but I do know that this would be a good one to get since we're on the cusp of the City at War story arc. Actually, no, we are there now. Yes,
0: the City at War starts with issue 93.
2: Yeah, yeah, which just came out not too long ago. So so yeah, that was about basically about it. Uh, free comic book day last week, and work is crazy, so there is one thing i do want to say i want to give a huge slice of pizza out to um a friend of the show his name is zach and he has his own ninja turtles podcast called booyaka show he's a lego maniac is is he really
0: i don't know don't you remember (laughs) those commercials (laughs) zach no zach he's a lego maniac you don't remember those
2: oh that's what wow i think you just jarred something from my psyche that i completely forgot about for years that sounds so familiar yeah. now. Look
0: it up, man. It's it's hilarious. It's it's like the most nineties thing you could ever see. Like, <laughs> like this little kid with spiked hair and a rat tail and a jean jacket on. He's got Legos. Oh, that's nineties. Oh yeah. man, it's it's, <laughs> it's disgusting. And but it's just you know it, it's hilarious though. It's awesome.
2: It's like it's disgusting, but now I have
0: an itch to buy Legos. But now I want to buy Legos. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you know, Zach, he's always been so so kind. Um, regarding mentioning our show on his, and he has recently come back to his show. And I did get to listen to the first episode, and I was very, very surprised that that he mentioned us as, as one of the reasons why he wanted to come back. Him and, and another another friend of his were, were a big reason that uh, he wanted to bring the show back. And, and I just thought that was so nice that that he would say something like that. So I just – mutual respect and appreciation – I really like his show, and I'm not just saying that because he mentioned us. <laughs> you know, I, I was a fan of his show from its inception. So, guys, go check out his show. He does a lot of reviews of the Nickelodeon cartoon, but I've noticed – the the 2012 one. But I've also noticed he's doing some reviews of the Rise of the TMNT cartoon too and some comic reviews as well. So he's got a little bit of everything going on. So if you're a fan of this show, go check out his show. There are a lot of great Ninja Turtles podcasts out there. Mm-hmm and um you know it, it's all good and uh, the only other thing i wanted to mention was we have a listener on twitter that don't know i get i'm assuming his la- his name is larry because he goes by larry on twitter but he has literally started from episode 1 and has been working his way up to the current stuff that we've done and all i can think is i am so sorry <laughs> god bless him
0: man what uh, but i mean at least like there the, there is We've been consistent in our level of just, like, you know, just, like, mediocre podcasting. It's not about, like, excelling at anything. Nope. We just ride that line in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where we live, right there. You know? Uh
2: huh. That is, you know, that is the, probably the truest thing you've ever said.
0: <laughs> you know what? Like, honestly, like, and I'm not even trying to bash us, but, like, if we tried, like, like, there's so many podcasts out there where, like, people are obviously playing characters. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, you're... You're an idiot. Just stop it. Just like, you know, be, you're just like really trying to sell yourself. And I don't <laughs> I don't really want to do that, you know, because like what's going to happen when like say like we become like kind of successful or like at some point we're we're, we're working at a comic con or something like that at a convention somewhere. And like people meet us expecting us to be one way and we're just not. You know. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, yeah.
0: You know, just I am. I'm not really. I I'm not like really that super cool of a person. So like, I, <laughs> don't, I really don't feel any need to make you think that I am. <laughs> no. Sure.
2: Well, you know that that's another reason why I think I would never want to make money doing this. Yeah. Um. Because one, I don't think we're that good. <laughs> and and two it I don't would feel think like I a job.
0: People's money. Yeah, I I really don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: right, right. Well, you know, and two it would feel it would feel like I would feel super guilty taking somebody's money. <laughs> I really would. I mean, granted it would all be for the show. Yeah, I but mean, like I have entertained the thought of doing a Patreon page for two reasons I don't do it. It's one I I just don't think I could be a good enough host to to give that quality that you're paying for. Um and and two it would feel like a job to us, and really, we're just two dads that happen to like Ninja Turtles and want to talk about it. you know we're we're not playing a character. What you see is what you get. I mean, if you heard the blooper reel, that's just basically us catching up you know? <laughs> you know that's that's what we do, you know we're not I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's just I enjoy doing this because it's fun for me personally and you I get won't to, run the risk of it not being fun anymore. Yes, amen to that, you know. And I guess that's why I never really w- would want to open that door, you know. And yeah. I and I have friends that a lot of my podcasting friends have opened that door and they've been very successful at it, and I'm happy for them. I genuinely am, am very happy for them. I just never felt comfortable asking for money. That's just me, it's a personal thing, and I think you're yeah. you're a lot like I am, Josh.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, like if I'm certainly not going to say no, but like I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to ask for it because like when even when Nicole and I were doing Bargain Bin Radio way back in the day, um I would listen to other podcasts where they would just spend like 5 minutes basically asking for money. And I was just like that's just that's pardon me, but that's like a crappy thing to do. People are down willingly downloading your show just to be entertained. For an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have somebody sit down and listen to my show for an hour and a half, and then listen to five minutes of me asking for their money. (laughs) It's just I'm not gonna do that. Now, like if I ever got sponsors or something like that, that would be fine. I would like totally just like spend thirty seconds to a minute talking about this new product here. Been like you know. um, I wonder what yours would be. Like I wonder what you could endorse. I I don't know who would want me to endorse anything, you know. Like
2: any cigarette companies out there? Uh,
0: cigarettes? <laughs> but
2: yeah, um, how did we even get on that? I don't even know. We what have we're some
0: callers today, so we're going to listen to
2: yes, listen yes, to
0: voicemails.
2: Yes, and and actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I have another apology I need to make, um, <laughs> and it is to our mystery caller because he had called in a while ago. Uh, I think in in late March, that was right around the time that we decided to do the the ninja turtles 3 movie and we just didn't have time to edit that into the show because we were only playing the ninja turtles 3 feedback so we're just finally getting to something he he uh had left us quite some time ago so now this caller didn't leave a name Uh uh-huh um but from what i remember it was a very nice phone call so
0: hi this is judith Hope as the original April O'Neil from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I'm so glad you called. Leave a message after the beep. And if we're not beating up fat guys and trying to, like, whip the foot Clan, no we will return your call just as soon as we can. Thanks.
1: Hey, I just wanted to call and tell you guys how good your podcast is, how much I appreciate the little things you guys do, like releasing it on Saturday morning for the Saturday cartoon field. Uh, how you end the show with 9.95. It's all very appreciated. I love what you do, and uh, definitely my favorite podcast. Keep up the great work, and we'll keep listening. Thanks. Bye.
2: Wow. See, we just need to hear stuff like that over and over, Jose. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can you That's... give us money, please? And... <laughs>
2: <laughs> disregard everything we said before. We will gladly take your money.
0: He <laughs> you probably would be like, "Hey, I'll kick a dollar over there." Yeah, just gonna it, be like that girl from Parks and Rec, be like, "Money, please."
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you. You know, first of all, thank you so much for the phone call. I really um, appreciate it. Yeah, me too. I always, you know, this is the irony of us, Josh, because I think we're both the same way with this. I always feel guilty receiving a comment or a compliment like that. What
0: I about know you. i'm very i'm very much an undeserving schmuck (laughs) me too and i know that about myself and i'm okay with it but like i mean it it really makes me you know i just ah, don't there's so many other better people out there in the world you don't thank me (laughs) i appreciate it i i'm very happy that you listen to the show i'm very happy you enjoy it uh to all the other people that listen to our show um I wonder, I, I kind of want to take a poll, but I don't want to ask. I kind of want to take a poll on our Facebook page, on our group page, and be like, how many people are here just because it's Ninja Turtles, and how many people are here because you listen to Rob and me? You know? Right,
2: I, I'd say there'd be a lot more that don't even know we have a podcast.
0: Exactly, yeah. I'd it's,
2: say there'd be a lot
0: more. <laughs> even though the group is called Turtle Flakes Podcast, you know, something about, but whatever. But but it's Facebook, and you just get suggestions, and you're just like, oh yeah, well I'll, I'll like that page. But um, yeah, I would like to know like how many people actively listen to now. It's like Christopher Carlson and this guy apparently. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl from Britain that likes Shredder. Oh remember- yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot.
0: She had a we- she- Don't don't take this the wrong way. She had a weird name like Eve or Ivy or something. It was something wasn't, you- wasn't it Olivia? Olivia, yeah, something, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that yeah. might be it. That sounds British. So, uh, <laughs> Josh.
2: Well, you know, going back to the
0: that she shouldn't take offense to that because I'm Irish and she shouldn't expect much more than that from oh, me. Oh
2: Lord, here you go. Yeah,
0: you stirring it all, stirring it up all over the place.
2: Yeah, and talk <laughs> about
0: history there, man. Uh huh. Like, yeah, you know, you guys go back way back. You yep. didn't have anything to do with it, but you know, like the <laughs> Irish were bought and sold by. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> or killed. Oh and Lord. He, and actually it actually kind of worked out, you know, just like, you know, we got distillers everywhere. You know, it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Most of us are cops. <laughs> a lot of us became boxers. Really, the stereotypes are there for a reason. Yeah, they
2: really are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yo, going back to the voicemail, um, uh, I really appreciate, you know, I, that's something I really tried to do with, with the Saturday morning thing. I mean, you know, we were we were kids. Saturday mornings were one of the most exciting times of the weekend because you're in, in your brain. You're like, okay, I gotta get I gotta get my cereal. I've gotta watch my cartoons, and I've got the whole weekend in front of me. I have all these plans. You know, that's the most exciting time of the weekend was Saturday morning. The most depressing time of the weekend is Sunday night you know uh yeah so yeah. you know that that's always the vibe i try to get to record on saturdays and and to try my best to release episodes on saturdays sometimes i do a little earlier sometimes a little later but I, that's really nice that uh that that you noticed that uh because that's something i've been trying to do since the the beginning and also um i mean the name of the show turtle flakes you know there there's a whole story behind it it was supposed to be turtle soup Turns out there is another show called Turtle Soup. Big props to those guys. So we had to change it. And I was like, well, I love Saturday Morning Cartoons. Why don't we change the logo from a soup can to a box of cereal? And that's kind of where the genesis of the whole Turtle Flakes idea came from. So there, there's that. And then also the 9.95 song. I just always loved the ending of the first movie, you know, where they where they start playing the uh, – Thank God it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when they start playing the music, and it's so it's so late eighties, early nineties, but yeah. it always puts me in a good mood, and this show always puts me in a good mood, so I always tried to end the show with that song in some way, you know, kind of as a trademark, and I've always tried to give credit to that band. Because I don't know if they're around anymore I don't think they are But uh, oh, I've always tried to cite them Because I love that song And I definitely want to give credit where credit's due And I just appreciate you noticing that That was really cool Because I, I think you're one of the uh, first people To ever actually say something about it And we've been doing the show for over six years now So so thank you very much for the phone call That really meant a
0: lot And You know like eventually you do something in enough times, Somebody will like it or yeah. Somebody will notice Somebody will notice Yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, that is very true. So that that was really nice. That was really nice. And then we did get another phone call from our good friend Derek. Let's see. I've got it somewhere in here. All right, so our second caller, uh, we do have his name. It's Derek, and we will go ahead and cl- uh, play thank his you, Derek. phone call. Yes, thank you, Derek, <laughs> in advance. So we'll go ahead and uh, click play in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and click. Hey, guys, it's
1: Derek from oh, Bluegrass State of Kentucky. I uh, will just calling uh, – to see if you guys have heard any rumors about the new movie, I follow this account on Instagram. It's T M T underscore Wiz, uh, and he made a post that said, um, "Word is that the next movie is going to be a continuation of the 90s movie." I'm just curious if you guys heard anything. I have not been able to find anything to validate this. Uh, I think it'd be cool. I'd be very curious of how it would work, because I mean, if it's a continuation of the old movies, then they're like and they're 30s or 40s now. So, anyway, just curious what you guys thought about it. If you guys have heard anything, uh, take care, Boger
2: All right, Derek. Thank you so much for the phone call. Uh, did you get to hear all of that, Josh?
0: Yep, mine just ended. Okay.
2: Wow. So, so have you heard any rumors about this, man? Because I, I didn't know that about the possible continuation of the 90s movie.
0: So, this is the thing. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he got his he got his information from Twitter. Sure. Anybody can put something on Twitter. Anybody can say that, well, I have a source.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure I, he knows
0: that too. I've heard yeah. and yeah, I'm sure he knows it too. But like, don't believe anything until you hear it from the studio. And don't hear don't don't believe anything you see on Twitter until you see it from Paramount Pictures at, at at on Twitter, Nickelodeon's Twitter account, like their official Twitter account, because you know once this movie starts production, Nickelodeon's going to be going all out with it. Mm. If so, like, if they do a I don't think they're going to do a continuation of the, of, like, you know, parts one and two are nullified, or part two and three are nullified, we're doing a Ninja Turtles 2, basically, Yeah. and I don't think that's going to happen because it would have to take place in 1990 because they're not going to do a turtles movie where the turtles are now 40 years old. It's it's not going to happen. Oh, so, see, I, I would love that. I really yeah, would. <laughs> I would too. I mean, that's like yeah. every, every idea I have in my head, I still want to write a Ninja Turtles novel one day. And every idea I have has to be with them being older just because I, we've seen teenagers I and mean, it's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, you, you know, we've seen it. And um, But, like, Nickelodeon's not going to do the 40-year-old Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're, they're just not going to because they're going to feel, and probably rightfully so, that that's going to alienate their core audience. You know, mm-hmm. because Viacom and Nickelodeon, it's it's all for kids. All this stuff is for kids, you know? Yeah, and sure. if they make part two in the 90s dealing with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the 1990 movie... That means you have to set a movie in 1991, and that means it's going to be incredibly expensive because you have to recreate all this '90s stuff, cars, clothing, stuff in the background that you're not supposed to pay attention to. I mean, not to say that that can't happen or that it won't happen, but like, I don't think it will. Just because, just because it'll keep it it'll it'll lose money because it'll cost a lot of money to do that. Like making films films set in different time periods is so super expensive because you have to hire, now you have to hire specialists in like, you know, historians and stuff like that in nineties pop culture. What would be, what would this dude who, I mean, like nobody, nobody has that Sid Vicious t-shirt that uh, Danny, was before, <laughs> you know, so he, so you have to specifically make that and you have to make a, a hundred of them because that's what he's going to wear throughout the whole movie. Not saying that that would happen, but like, I don't think, they're going to do – I'll tell you this. I think they would make a Ninja Turtles 3, a sequel to Out of the Shadows before they made a sequel to the 1990 movie.
2: <clears throat> well, you yeah, you definitely bring up a good point. I mean that would be a lot of work uh, to do that. I mean movies can do that, but that is an active choice that would be a lot more complicated, and it would be great fan service. But are they really willing to, like you said, alienate certain audiences to do that? And I just, as much as I would personally love to see that because, hey, that's my wheelhouse. I love that yeah. first movie. That That's my favorite. It always will be. And I'd love to see that. I just don't think I'm the majority. And if, let's be honest, um, movie companies, they want to make money. Yeah. They want to reach as many... People as That's they their can. job. And
0: yeah, we should fault them yeah. that. That's their job.
2: <clears throat> absolutely. I, no, absolutely. Um, and I, I would love that, but I just don't see it happening. It, it could. It's very well could. Yeah. But but I just I, I think it's unlikely. Yeah.
0: But the moral of the story is don't don't listen to rumors on Twitter. Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything except for the two Andrew Form and I can't remember the other producer's name. With Platinum Dune Studios, they're the only two guys that know everything about this potential third movie that's going to start filming uh, probably next year. They're the only two that know anything, and until you hear something from them, everything else is BS. You know, sure, and I, I'm sure. sorry to say that because I want every rumor to be true. I want there to be a, a sequel to the 1990 movie. I want there to be a new reboot uh, take place in modern day. I would love to see 40 year old Ninja Turtles. I'd love to see 15 year old Ninja Turtles. Doesn't matter. I just, I just want a new Ninja Turtles movie. You know, I don't care what it looks oh, yeah. like. I just want I, I want a, a good Ninja Turtles movie. You know, not to say that any of the other ones have been bad, but I just want them to. Their intention right now should just be to make a good movie. You know, let's just make a good movie, and. You know, I'm hoping that they they uh, don't do. We're gonna do a cinematic universe and all this. I hope they learn from the mistakes of other studios like Universal or Saban uh, and mm-hmm. them trying to make like 50 movies before the first movie comes out. Like, oh, just, <laughs> just just do one movie and then if it's a success, then we'll take time and do a second one. But like, yeah, don't believe anything you read on Twitter. Don't don't do that.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. It, just in my mind, as you were talking, I'm I'm already picturing it, you know. The original cast comes back, but they're all older, obviously, you know. And then they just call it Ninja Turtles instead of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it's because they're adults now, you know. Yeah. They, they've they aged. Mm-hmm. They still have to – they come out of retirement for some reason. Yeah. Judith Hoag's back. Elias Cotias is back. John Dupre, the composer, he's back. Oh, Golly that would be wonderful <laughs> but you know i just that's just i think unfortunately i think that's a pipe dream for us you know but that's okay but that's okay i don't say that out, out of bitterness it's just time times move yeah, on it's just, you know
0: it's, you know that and that movie's still there go watch it
2: absolutely no of course Elias yeah.
0: Cotillas look like with a full head of hair there's that movie it's there <laughs> You're like, whoa! Casey Jones became a dad, man, in, in the in the in the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, sorry. Um, he's still a very handsome man. I still don't look oh, as he's... good as he does. You know, like, <laughs> I hope when I lose my hair, man, I look as good as he does still. You know, yeah, he's
2: got a nice shaped head.
0: He's got yeah. he's got like a perfectly round head. You know, it's just. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, so uh so I think that's a perfect transition on to our IDW comic. What do you think?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hello violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed.
2: All right guys, so um we are covering issue ninety two today and like you said, it's the last last one that Michael
0: Dialinus. Drew, yeah. He's got a good shaped head. He's got a good shaped head too, man. You know, so. D- Does he have a shaped head? I don't know. Yeah, I but guess he does, a doesn't good he? Shape. He's, got a good, he's got a good head.
2: He's got a nice dome. <laughs> uh, so this one here, um, this one, the uh, story's done by Kevin Eastman, Bobby Cornell, and Tom Waltz. Script's done by Tom Waltz. Of course, Michael Dialinus has uh, done the artwork, uh, wonderfully done, by the way. And the colors were done by Rhonda Patterson, letters by Sean Lee. And the editor, of course, is Bobby Cornell. And the story is so far, Karai has returned to New York City to negotiate returning the Foot Clan to her command. Surprising the Turtles, Splinter has agreed. Meanwhile, Metalhead and Bishop negotiate a troubling alliance. All right, so that's kind of where we're at in this story. So would you like to kind of talk about the very first scene, Hosehead? Okay, so the, the,
0: the first scene... The, oh, the, <clears throat> I can't talk. The issue opens up with nobody... And which I think a lot of people have forgotten that that's Angel in there.
1: Yeah, uh, like yeah.
0: Angel and Alipex, uh, basically being crime fighters. They're the Batman and Robin of this universe right now. You know, they're just doing the street level stuff. Like in this storyline, they're uh, busting up a couple of people that uh, robbed a, uh, a liquor store. And this is that infamous car chase that Michael D. Allen just did not want to draw. <laughs> 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 And I just, I love seeing this uh, because it's really cool. You know, Alipex jumps off of a rooftop and jumps onto a speeding car. She moves to the side of it to avoid gunfire. She destroys one of the tires um, and this ca- causing this car to crash into a light pole. And she's like, oh, I just made a huge mistake. Sorry, I didn't mean <laughs> to cause that much destruction. And it's really just a good way of letting us know that even though this comic book is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's not just about them anymore. You know, you've got right. the animals, you've got April, you've got Casey, you've got the purple dragons, you've got the Foot Clan, you've got uh, these vigilantes here, which also mean that Harold and his wife are still doing their thing, supplying these two with tech. So, yeah, I mean, it, it starts out with a really good. This is the action, this is probably, I think this is the only action that happens in the entire book.
1: Right, yeah.
0: And which is fine because you know you really look at like every ninja turtle series as a whole it's really not an action series this is a this is a character uh series you know that's what that's what i think that that's what i think separates this from literally everybody else out there
2: yeah i mean this this is <clears throat> a universe now it uh, like you said it, it is not about the turtles as much as it it um as much as it originally was because there are so many moving parts going into this story arc um but yeah the next scene it has uh splinter and karai and it's kind of cool there's the sword kind of dividing them and splinter like the last issue alluded to splinter has agreed to turn over the foot clan to karai under certain you know demands and negotiations so that's what this this issue centers around are those negotiations um and at first, you see this, this mutual respect among the, the two, Karai and Splinter. Mm-hmm. And things seem to be going great here, you know? Uh, Splinter says, I think it was on page four, it, you know, going back to the respect thing, Splinter says, I have also received word of your actions in Japan against the Yakuza and other underworld factions there, and your proficient cons- consolidation of power is a clear indication that you are ready to lead the clan. Though I disagree with some of your more overtly violent methods, I have learned that a heavy hand must sometimes be dealt if we are to keep our enemies at bay. And then this is a, the kicker line right here. And I no longer had the desire to be the one to deal it. I think the the weight of making those hard decisions, and let's face it, Splinter has made some hard decisions. Yeah. I think the weight it has finally gotten to him. I mean, there were there were seeds kind of planted earlier on uh, I think of the Christmas issue um, that's, I think of,
0: yeah that's what I was gonna mention yeah yeah
2: you could tell he's tired he doesn't want to do this anymore and he's lonely and he just wants to kind of be a father to his sons again
0: well right? he knows, he kind of feels he knows where it's gonna lead because that Christmas issue had just like the most jaw-dropping thing I ever saw where it was um, pretty much all of our theories were proven correct whereas like eventually if he keeps going down this path it's gonna come down to the turtles and splinter fighting and the yeah. tur- kill splinter and it showed this really cool scene of leonardo walking away from a dead splinter and splinter had like his version of shredder's armor on just showing you how deep down the rabbit hole of villainy he went you know yeah
2: yeah that that that's true you know and i think i think that definitely kind of plays into what's happening here and him kind of relinquishing the uh the throne He, he doesn't want it anymore
0: you know yeah he even admits at one point in this issue that when he accepted leadership of the Foot Clan, he did it, um, I don't want to say vicariously, but he, he said he did it impulsively. Yeah. Where it was just like, if he thought about, implying that if he had thought about it, he wouldn't have done it. He just would have right. given it to Karai and just said, okay, you know, just be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Be good. <laughs> you know, you play with your toys nicely, you know. Yeah,
2: right. And and, and uh, like I like how later it's suggested, hey, one of my one of my stipulations is if I give this to you, that you and I and our clans we, we work together in harmony. And then she does ask about the mutanimals, she does ask about the purple dragons, and he kinda gives her a gray answer. He's like, Honestly, I don't know if they'll side with us or not, you know. Our our relationship our relationships with them have been inconsistent at best. Yeah. And um, you know, but so long as we can get along. That's the main thing. There's only one thing that kind of ruins the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah. like I think when it comes to the the animals, I think I think mutants are just like too wild and too powerful for mm-hmm. the foot and the turtles to just be like, yeah, just let them do their thing. And when it comes to the purple dragons, I think Casey is going to do whatever Splinter tells him to do, and I can see that. not because like Splinter has like this hold over Casey Jones, but like Casey Jones like respects a hell out of Splinter. Mm-hmm. So like basically if like if Splinter tells me to go, I'm going to go. You know, if he wants me to fight with him, I'm going to fight with him. He, I'm right. going to go after who he tells me to go after because he's never steered me wrong before and look what he's let me do. He kind of know, I mean Casey's not dumb. He's smart enough to understand that he kind of owns the 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 purple dragons because Splinter kind of lets them and Yeah. I mean like but at the same time like Splinter or uh Casey Jones and Jenica have really turned the Purple Dragons around from being just like a bunch of thugs to, like, they have an army now. Yeah, they do. They're, they're kind of their own force now.
2: Mm-hmm. And and and
0: you know what? Splinter
2: actually mentions that, you know, how capable of a leader Casey really is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to play a part later in the City at War story arc.
0: Yeah. But, Plus, I but love yeah. their design what they did. They all have hockey Oh with yeah. Purple Dragons on. It's like, I want one of those hockey masks. I so kind of do, too. I kind of yeah. do, too.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: So Bishop is working with Metalhead, and Metalhead, who we haven't seen since Terminator... Terminator? Wow. Uh, (laughs) But so, um, basically, Agent Bishop and Metalhead are working out a deal uh, because Metalhead has made him an offer that has made Bishop and the EPF, the Earth Protection Force as a whole, an offer to basically uh, take out the Ninja Turtles and all the other mutants in exchange for uh, the... Um, the ability to upgrade himself. Uh, mm-hmm. Metalhead has found himself in a predicament to where like he has to actively update and evolve his internal and external form. Um, why that is, I, I think it's mostly because he just wants to. He just wants to keep evolving. With that being said, it's really kind of a funny, kind of ridiculous thing that they talk about, but then they also give it a bunch of gravity that makes you take it seriously, where... Um, Metalhead tells Bishop that he researched Bishop's family, in particular his father, how his father started and operated Area 51. And as soon as you start thinking, really, Area 51, Bishop immediately says, yeah, that place is kind of dumb because its reputation has made it this tinfoil hat conspiracy theory hub. But, like, the reality is, is Area 51 is where we hold our most sophisticated security systems. And, like, that's the actual hub of the Earth Protection Force. It's got nothing to do with, like, alien spacecrafts coming down. It's got all, everything to do with Earth security. And Metalhead's like, I want unrestricted access to Area 51 with the express purpose of just upgrading myself. And like Agent Bishop's like that's a tall order, but if you can take out the turtles for me, you've got it. Be like you know, because he doesn't think Bishop I, Bishop understands that Metalhead has no ill will towards him or the EPF. He just wants to. I mean, like, he wants to survive, so he wants to upgrade himself. And so he's basically. So basically, long story short, too late. Uh, Metalhead is going to work with the EPF to take out the turtles, and that's just going to be one more threat, just another threat against them. Yeah. And of all these threats, I would think that Metalhead and the EPF, like basically the government, is really the big, that that would be the huge concern if I were one of the turtles, you know?
2: Metalhead's an interesting character. I don't know... Why does he want to evolve so much? Does he have any grand plans, or is it just all about accessing all the knowledge that he possibly it's, can?
0: It's, for him, like it, the way it's expressed, is like it, that seems to be like his survival is dependent upon evolution, upon, upon upgrading. Sure. So, like if he like ever stagnates, they allude that he just will cease to be. So, like this is this is the thing that he needs to do. He needs to continue it's a survival. Yeah, yeah, this is a survival method for him. So, like, I guess they they make it seem like how we have to eat, he has to eat, he has to upgrade himself. That makes sense. With wow. software updates and stuff like that, you know? And, like, but we have to have three meals a day. He has to have a monthly diagnosis check or something like that.
2: That makes sense.
0: It makes about as much sense as a robot turtle can. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's just true. Just in case that's you true. forgot, this is a comic book we were reading. Yeah.
2: Yep, you're right. You're right. Speaking of, you know crazy things of course we got our mute animals here sally pride and old Hob. now i am so invested in old Hob he's been probably my favorite character that idw has put out and i just really like him here and he's not backing down on what he said originally during um slash funeral yeah you know and sally's like look we were all upset we were all angry we were just coming off fresh from the funeral but you lay off this this act of yours. She thinks that Old Hobb is eventually going to back down, and he didn't really mean what he said. But Old Hobbs like, "Oh, I'm just getting started."
0: Yeah, she so, thinks he's putting up a front.
2: Yeah, right, yeah, right. Like
0: this is and, just how he grieves. He's like, "I'm not grieving. I don't have time no, for that." So
2: you, yeah, right. You don't understand. We're, we're just get this is going to be a war, mm-hmm. and um, that scares me a little bit because I've got a bad feeling they're going to kill him off. All right. Oh, but- oh, that leads me to the question of the week. Do you think Old Hob? And this is for our our good friends and listeners. Do you think Old Hob will survive the City at War story arc? Old Hob and
0: Splinter are gonna die. You think so? I think so. Yeah. Old Hob, Splinter. And I'm willing to lump Karai in there. I think all three. I think all three of them are gonna die.
2: I say I want to set Karai until the end of this issue. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what's happening right now? Shredder in Hell. So Shredder's gonna make a comeback.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's getting his way out.
0: And it's just like, you know, he's going to claw his way out of hell and then find out his granddaughter's dead. And he's like, oh, mama, you're all dead.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because right now, I mean, I've only read uh, Shredder and Hell issue one. Spoiler alert here. Right now, Splinter and Shredder are on pretty good terms. But after the end of this issue, with Karai and Splinter kind of having a little rift here, and something happens to Karai, you know Saki's gonna go after Splinter
0: yeah well I mean I've been reading I'm, I'm on issue two issue three isn't out yet um and from the looks of it like Splinter's gonna be the reason Shredder gets out of hell so like can you really be mad and like you can tell like Splinter like he really meant when he said he was sorry before he got di- spoilers before he died he said he was sorry you right. know like I wish we could still be those kids in the woods yeah yeah and not who we are now
2: which i love by the way i love they did that
0: yeah and like and 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 it was just like one of the greatest most creepy things in the world to see shredder like genuinely smile like not like an evil smile but like he's like he has a rat that's basically splinter's essence in his hand leading him out of hell yeah and like splinter just smiles at him i was like ooh, i don't know how to feel about that because i've never seen shredder smile (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, no years, kidding. But like, but it was so cool to see it's that. Weird,
2: but it's so yeah, right? Because we've never seen that before. It's yeah.
0: Earned. I mean, it's earned because like you could say that that is just like the dumbest thing you've ever seen in your life. Like, okay, here's the bad guy. Now he's happy, and <laughs> you know, but like th- that is that's just such an earned moment, and yeah. and Luco just like nailed it. Yeah, it's like, like he's free. Like,
2: you know, finally yeah. free.
0: He's nailed it. He's well, he's got a good mission for once you yeah. know I mean, yeah sure it's survival but like when hit your goal is to punch your way out of hell i mean like yeah <laughs> get it that also I mean, like shredder in hell sounds like such an 80s action movie you know
2: mm-hmm. oh sure does man yeah. but it's but it's fantastic but it's awesome. <laughs> that should be a movie yeah yeah, so and they're having their conversation, Sally and Old Hob. When we
0: get the political, the intrigue here. Yes, yes, I love this. My favorite thing here. Good, really, Lord. really. I love Baxter Stockman. He's such a snake, and he was talking about. So he's so. This still blows my mind because I haven't really caught up in between the Leatherhead stuff and now. So like, when those trades become available, I'm going to buy those and read them and study and all that. But like. So Baxter Stockman's on campaign for mayor and like they're in their final debates before the polls open in a couple of weeks and they make their election happen. And he's got just the most incredible speech where it's like, everybody has made all of my um, opponents here have made every promise in the world, but you know what they haven't done is proven to you that there are men of their men and women of their word. So let me tell you what I know. I am a businessman. I am an entrepreneur. I am a scientist. I am an inventor, and I have actively been protecting people with my inventions. There was an alien threat that I stopped, and um, so when you go to, he's got this great, he's got this great line. He says, uh, which means when you go to the polls in a few weeks, you have two options: you can choose words, or you can choose action. Yeah, I was like, dude, and even Sally Price says he's gonna win yeah yeah <laughs> you know, he's gonna be the mayor
2: right and and the thing that that's so intriguing to me is is like okay originally april is keeping tabs on baxter but i think baxter's really smart probably knows april's trying to do that and he's really keeping tabs on her yeah you know it's like who's playing who here this it's a big chess game we've got going on here because i certainly don't trust baxter
0: i have a question for you um He's talking to – he. the first thing uh, Baxter Stockman does on on TV is just like verbally just destroy his campaign, his uh, running mates. And there's this redheaded lady who says, I specifically told him not to do that. Is that April? I think so, right? Is she running – is she helping him run his campaign?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's April. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, that's I, what I'm saying. Oh. Like she's kind of playing him.
0: Well, I knew she was working uh, for StockGen, but I didn't know if she was on his campaign.
2: Yeah, they they made a deal um a couple of it was kind of save Baxter's reputation because basically April played it off that Baxter's rats cleaned up the city like that yeah. he intended for that to happen and that's not exactly how things went down but she sold it that way and then she's like hey maybe you can run for mayor and and basic I can't remember her her um oh I can't remember her
1: Rebuttal for her yeah, her,
2: her reasoning for it. Right. But I do know that she was the one who kind of put it in his, his head that he needed a run. So again, I you know, a lot of times I'm thinking, well, is she playing him and keeping tabs on him to make him happy? Or does he know that and he's really playing her?
0: I think they're they're, they're playing each other.
2: I think so. I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, I
0: mean like Baxter's just too smart. He yeah. knows. He's he gonna knows. So. You know, and that's I think that's why she's trying to appeal to him to kinda like put blinders on and be like, I can run for mayor And yeah. um but Baxter's gonna see through that.
2: Oh yeah. And then use that power against her.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean he yeah. did it to Krang. <laughs> you know, uh, that's true. That's he worked, true. He worked Krang and Shredder and the Turtles, and now he's gonna end up working the city. You know, it's just Yep. Yep. How these things work. Mm-hmm. But I-
2: and then right after that, we get the uh, the negotia- negotiations start heating up. And once again, everything's respectful until Cari- or um, Splinter mentions the orphans. No, Karai mentions them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, yeah. it. That's right. Because she's like, what do we do with these-, these kids? Yeah. And Splinter's like, well, I I want us to continue to take care of we're them. We're going to take I- care of them. But not to be soldiers, you know? They're just kids. Which – it's a it's a very likable Splinter moment right here. Splinter's yeah. been a interesting character throughout the series, but this is one of the issues where I'm like, I I love you, Splinter. You're a good yeah. guy.
0: Well, you know, I mean, like, this is where Karai I mean, I understand it, but and because Karai is the traditionalist. Yeah. You know, according to Foot Clan Code, they abducted children and they made it soldiers out of them. Yeah. These kids, even though they didn't abduct them, they're here yeah. willingly, they have seen because Excuse me, uh, because Splinter was so transparent with what he was doing, Um, they've seen the inner workings of the Foot Clan. So they either join them or they die. Yeah, and that's that's where the negotiations fail. Right,
2: right, and that's where um, Karai challenges. Well, you know, and I understand Karai's thought process. She's like, "Look, we are surrounded by enemies. Now is a time to bolster our defense, not." you know run some kind of take some kind of babysitting program here daycare and uh splinter basically says well those are my I'm not relinquishing or I'm not giving up the foot clan unless you you agree to take care of them yeah and she's like all right well then i challenge you to a gauntlet and he denies it he's like i'm not doing that
0: yeah this, you know this is like the big moment this is the big moment of the book here where she says i have no choice um but but to formally challenge you to the gauntlet, and if you remember in issue fifty, the whole con the whole tournament between the turtles and Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady and all of them, that was the gauntlet, yeah. and so this is a big deal. I mean, like this is a life and death fight between Splinter, Karai, the turtles, and uh, Karai's mutants Ocho, uh, Bludgeon, and Koya. I mean, that was the moment that Koya and Bludgeon were changed. Like uh, Bludgeon uh, was blinded, and Koya lost her wings. And now they've got Ocho at their defense, who I still did not know was a girl. Thank you, Michael. Uh, <laughs> I you. didn't either. That's a girl. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but um, she ugly, but uh, <laughs> dang, <laughs> dang girl, man. Ugh. But anyway, um so she's like, Hey, I challenge you to the gauntlet. The unrefusable challenge And Splinter's like, Nah. Nah, <laughs> nah. I don't feel like dying today. I ain't down with that. Yeah. And she literally says, What? It's like you're a coward. He's like, Look, I'm not giving up the Foot Clan because if I do, the children are dead. Because if you beat me, they're gonna kill you're gonna kill them. You know, yeah. they're probably not going to be, or
2: they'll soldiers. be killers. Yeah,
0: yeah, or they'll become soldiers. Yeah. And if I fight you, we're going to kill you because right. I, because the comic book is named after my kids. We're going <laughs> to, you know, self aware. He breaks yeah, the fourth he, wall he there. Breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, he pulls a Deadpool, yeah. and but um, also a couple pages later, you realize that you know the purple dragon and the Foot Clan are behind Splinter. They're not behind Kar- uh, Karai. They're yeah. behind Splinter. Because as soon as uh Karai breaks out that demon sword made out of blood that she has, which is Yeah,
2: you know, like Kira no Ken, I think.
0: Yeah, the hot the Hado oh no ken Yeah. Yeah. Um Jenica and Casey Jones and the Foot Clan and the Purple Dragons are just there. And um Jenica tells uh Karai that your grandfather is dead and you'll be joining him if you don't leave this place right now. It's like why are you even wasting your words, man? Just shoot them. Just shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is probably why I don't leave the foot clown, but, uh, <laughs> so that's what, so that's where the issue ends with basically a warning from Karai, where it's just like, you know, war is coming from now on. Just like that's, that's what's going to happen. A war is about to end up on your doorstep, you know? And that's where the issue ends is this little confrontation here. Just completely dissolving after twenty pages of looking like it was going to work out, right? You know, page twenty-one's like, "Oh crap!" All right, nope.
2: Yeah, I know. That's how I felt when I first read. I was like, "Ooh, that took a turn quick." Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And which you know, that kind of stuff happens. Yep. Oh, yeah. Disagreement, and it's just it's all over.
2: And and you you see where it's going, all right? I it, it's it seems like there's going to be a lot of odds and ends here. You know, um, with a lot of different moving parts going at war. You know, who's going against who? Well, obviously now it's Cry against Splinter. It seems like the Purple Dragons are aligned with Splinter as well, but Metalhead is going against the Turtles and Bishop as well. So, I mean, there's alliances are being formed and broken. So, um, some some good stuff coming up. And I'm I don't know if have you read ninety three yet? I haven't.
0: No, I downloaded it and I just haven't read it yet. So.
2: I haven't either. I purposely, I-, I bought, I cleared out my box last week and I have it, but I-, I purposely chose not to read it because I don't want, I just wanted to kind of make some guesses first. Um, but yeah, yeah. So-, so you think Splinter and Old Hopper are going to get it. Yeah. Sadly, I kind of agree with you. Like, I, I don't want to see them go because they're two of my favorite characters, but I just don't see them making it through this. I don't.
0: Yeah, and I think Karai's gonna die too, because Splinter gives warning yeah. about the uh the, the sword that she's using. It's like that's literally a blood sword that kills its wielder.
2: Yeah, I mean I mean if that didn't feel like foreshadowing yeah. nothing does. And it's
0: just like yeah. it, he even tells her it's like the more you use it, the more it ki- it siphons from you. So like it's it's going to kill you. Yeah. You know, it's just like you're so I think Karai's gonna die too, but like you know, here's the thing, like, because this is going to go all the way up to issue 100, so we've got seven issues left. It makes me wonder what what do you think is going to happen? What what happens after all this?
2: That's a great question too. Yeah, like, you know, hey, another question of the week. We got a two parter. Does uh, old Hob make it through and Splinter? And also, what do you think is going to happen after? Uh, well, War
0: you know what? For- the second question. I'll make it. I'll make it easier. Who do you okay. think left standing?
2: Ooh, okay. You know,
0: like because, like, yeah, we it's it's pretty safe to assume that the turtles will be fine. But who do you think is going to be with them at the end of City at War?
2: I think Casey makes it. I don't see him killing off Casey.
0: Yeah. Do, do you? I, yeah, I just I, I don't I mean, see that. I could see it happening, and like, I mean, you want to get really crazy, um, you could kill off Casey Jones and. It'd be really cool. Like Jenica picks up his mask and puts it on. It's like now she's the new Casey Jones, or like something like that. Or I'd
2: like, be okay with that.
0: Casey Jones dies, and that motivates Hun to like sober up again. Yeah. And not take over the Purple Dragons because I don't think anyone's going to let him do that. But like you know, just like he, him, just finally realizing that he just did the wrong thing, you know, and it, and it wow. costs us again. You know, even in deviations that happen like that. It cost his son to make him realize he did the wrong thing. And he did the wrong thing forever.
2: I mean, you know, if if you're going to kill off a foundational character, you better make that payoff worth it. Like, there's got to be some good things that happen, you know, in exchange for that. Yeah. You know, but I I tend to think it's going to be more the newer characters, the characters that IDW specifically created. I don't think it's going to be many of the foundational characters. I think, um, I do think Casey will make it through. I don't think Splinter will. Um, I don't think – I'm with you. I think Karai, especially after you brought up that last thing that Splinter said to her, um, I don't see her making it through. I, I don't know. I think Shredder's going to make it through. I mean how how do you get out of hell just to die again?
0: Yeah, that would really make – that That would be – it would be such a folly to just
2: – Sure, sure, uh, to kill him off again. Yeah,
0: and I mean he you know he's going to have a big impact probably after issue 100. Um, because he's got a mini series now. He's got his own mini series right now. That that wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't supposed to mean something.
2: Oh, what if Shredder was taking care of the turtles after Splinter goes?
0: That's always been my theory. I would or like something, oh, that it, something that I've wanted to see was like Splinter dies and now the turtles are kinda aimless and like a reformed Shredder, you know, good guy Shredder not necessarily takes over as their master, but it's just like an advisor to them. It's like, is willing to work. It's like a, a mentor ish character to them. That would huh. be just the ballsiest thing. <laughs> and, it would. and you know what, that's going to be like that. You're either going to see your readership flourish or you're going to see your readership plummet because there's just going to be a lot of people that would be like, no man, that's not cool. That ain't kosher, man. <laughs> you don't have the turtles working with Shredder. It's just like well, if you want it to last you do you do things that are different like that. You you Yeah you inject a little bit of in, of adrenaline into the arm of this book.
2: Respectfully, you know, like kind ah. of respectfully inching out of that comfort zone that we all know.
0: Yeah. I mean it's you don't you don't pull a Lando and like have him dress up like Han in the Millennium Falcon. You know, you don't have <laughs> robes or anything. You, you just got like a good guy Shredder who's not trying to destroy the world anymore, just kind of like be a mentor to the Turtles, you know. Just mm-hmm. over a long period of time, he's like their their new guy that helps them out. Mm,
2: interesting stuff, man. You know, yeah. Well, guys, you're gonna have to let us know what you think. Send us an email. Our email address is turtleflakespodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we are on Twitter at turtleflakes. We do have a Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash And, of course, we love the phone calls. And thank you so much, Derek and Mystery Caller, whoever you might be. Um, thank you so much for the phone calls we did receive this week. Um, our number is 865-309-4875. Give us a call about uh, the new IDW run or anything in Turtles you want to talk about. We'd be happy to share your, your voicemail on the show. Uh, big slice of pizza goes out to Mark from TMNT Entity. Check out his awesome comic reviews. And our good buddy Anthony Hernandez, a.k.a. Bat Bomb 82 on YouTube, for his family-friendly YouTube show called Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday. And um, we are proud partners of the Retro Gaming Times magazine at clasticplastic.net slash TRT. And, of course, as Josh had talked about at the top of the show, check out his awesome Turtle Tracks blog and his... his uh, his YouTube show. So, Josh, you want to talk about that uh, one more time, Jose? Yeah,
0: so uh, you can find me at uh, blog.com. It's basically just a website where I uh, talk about pretty much anything pop culture. Uh, like, most recently, I did a review of the Avengers Endgame movie and just how I'm finally done with the MCU. Because, like, okay, 20, 10 years, 22 movies deep. They ended their series. I'm done. I don't care if Spider Man comes next month. I have never not been disinterested in Spider-Man until now. I don't even care. And wow. Yeah, I'm okay. just done. I'm done. all right. Whatever. Not that it's bad, and I'm <laughs> sure I'll see some of the movies, but I'm not following it like I was. But like anyway, that's huge tangent there. But like um yeah, turtletracksblog.com, you can find a bunch of toy reviews, video games, going to be more gaming stuff uh, coming up soon. Uh and just my general thoughts on pop culture. Because, you know, I'm qualified, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but you can also find me on YouTube at Turtle Tracks Games, uh, where you can watch me play. I've tried to stick primarily to PS4 because that's what I have. And uh, right now, uh, you, you can catch a lot of Friday the 13th uh, videos from me. Right now, I'm doing a full playthrough of Ninja Turtles Mutants in Manhattan. Um, oh, cool. So I'm about done with that uh, game, and then I'm going to start on. Actually, after I finish Ninja Turtles. I'm going to do uh, the spiritual successor to that game was Transformers Devastation. Uh, So I'm going to be doing a playthrough of that. And I'm actually going to do a blind playthrough. I've never played through that game before. I've been wanting it forever and I finally got it last week and I, I haven't played it yet. I'm waiting until I'm done with uh, Ninja Turtles and then I'm going to go straight in the Transformers. So, and plus while keeping up with the Friday the 13th game and dead by daylight and, probably do some mortal Kombat videos every now and then uh but that's pretty much what i do just whatever's on uh the new thing at the moment i try to stick up with that so
2: yeah, good deal always always awesome stuff my friend um and guys thank you so much for listening stay tuned for the next episode we'll be covering issue 93 Um, And then eventually, Issue 94 when it comes out. So this is a month dedicated entirely to the IDW City at War story arc. So stay tuned for that. A lot of great stuff coming up. Can't wait to talk about it. Very exciting time to be a Turtles fan. Um, And uh, Josh, to close out another Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes, Oset, what kind of pizza are we going to have today?
1: You know what?
0: I'm not really into the crazy pizzas, but I had one... I had a, a crazy pizza last week that was really surprisingly okay, <laughs> not no. not bad. Or I mean, it wasn't it was good, not great, but it was a taco pizza. Ooh, and um, I do love me some tacos, man. I <laughs> but <laughs> How uh, did you this survived afterwards. This was a ground beef pizza with uh, taco seasoning, uh, onions, and all kinds of cheeses. Uh, it was really good so we gotta have taco pizza today
2: all right well that's an easy one for me to remember too all right sweet
0: yeah no uh-huh. i'll stop giving you ingredients i'm just, <laughs> well i'm giving you the title of the pizza and uh-huh. that's it so it's like i hope you enjoy a mega slice of your
2: your
0: <laughs> pizza hey josh
2: <it's> <laughs> that's why you don't close your shit come on everyone <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right, dudes. Dude, well, thank you so much for listening. It's always so fun to do this. I'm glad to be back. Uh, I'm glad to talk turtles with you, Host Head. And on behalf of Josh and myself, here's to hoping you enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, and enjoy a mega slice of ground beef, onions, cheese, and pineapple pizza, taco pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Did you say pineapple? No, no, I wouldn't do that. You
0: no, did I that. Didn't. You did. I did. You did. I heard oh, you. Oh, holla.
2: Whatever. <laughs> I'm not.
0: Alright, we got well, friend. You don't care about me. Man. Oh, well. well, I'll eat your pineapples for you. Don't worry. That's dumb.
2: <laughs> man, you're
0: cowbunging me. Come on. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Cowbung everyone. I didn't say that. So yeah, there we go. Oh, okay. No problem. All
1: right.
0: Thanks. Isaac said, "Our cat knocked down my boobs." Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
2: that's when you go. It's gonna be okay, little buddy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the only reason he, he came up here and told me that was because Nicole told him not to. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of a little shit. <laughs> oh,
2: that's cute, man. Well, uh, I, I was gonna, oh, I was gonna ask you. Okay, the deception. Armageddon games. Are those numbered games or not?
0: Yeah, but they just didn't have numbers on them. So there's Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, Mortal Kombat Deception, and Mortal Kombat Armageddon. And yeah. that's basically uh, 5, 6, and 7.
2: Okay, okay. Because I like those games. I I, I know Armageddon kind of... There was one of them, they kind of... They-, they did a generic fatality system that I wasn't crazy about, but they were still fun games. It was just they- that was my only gripe about
0: it. The potential for that... That was in Mortal Kombat Armageddon, where... Oh, okay, yeah. it was basically okay. a build-your-own fatality. Fatality, yeah. And the reason why they did that was because th- that game had, like, over 50 characters. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, with two fatalities for, for 50 characters would have just broke everybody. And they would have yeah. ran out of ideas. Genuinely run out of ideas.
2: Right, that, uh, okay, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so,
0: like, potentially what it was was you would, like... Tr- you, could, you would, like, push a direction and one of the face buttons, and you would do a thing, like pull out their lever or pull off their arm or punch off their head, and you would be timed, basically. And you, it was basically like a combo meter. But the yeah. hits you uh, performed, fatality hits you performed, the less time you had to pull off another one. And it was like a race to get, like, to... If you hit, like, ten hits, it would just end it for you because that was the... that was the yeah.
2: It was almost like um like an, almost like a killer instinct combo in a way.
0: Yeah, it was like an ultra. Yeah. Yeah. Giant bloody pile at the end of it. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, but it I w- remember those
2: games being fun, and people bashed them just because of the fatalities. I was like, I I actually enjoyed them. Armageddon. I remember buying that one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I bought. I mean, like just like everybody else, we we bought them all. You know, I don't know what everyone's complaining about. They they made their money. They don't care. <laughs> For anybody that really thinks a company cares about you, they really don't. No. Because, especially if they already have your money, they're like, like we already yeah, got you. No problem. We'll fix that in the next one. And maybe they will. Probably they won't. They'll just introduce <laughs> a bunch of new stuff and figure else out. Yeah. Hey, uh,
2: that, that actually reminds me of something. Um, did you post a video on Friday the thirteenth the other day?
0: I did, yeah.
2: I, I, so that they're still doing that game. It's still going.
0: It's still live, yeah. There's dedicated servers. The, the servers are still up, um, and they're not. They actually re- they actually introduced a new patch because there's Gun Media and Illfonic, uh Entertainment is no longer a part of the game. Yeah, you were saying. Tech- speaking, but there's they. They uh, gave the reins to a third-party developer called Black Tower, and Black um, Tower—I did some research into them. They actually developed the Jarvis map and the Pinehurst map. Really? So, like, like, yeah, and like, those are the best. To a fan from uh, the community's perspective of the game, those are the best maps. Like, everybody loves those maps. Those are the fan favorite maps, and this. Developer called Black Tower, they were the ones that developed him. And they were the ones that did fo- uh, came up with uh, the character for Fox, and they did all the DLC character uh, counts.
2: Oh, no way.
0: Yeah, and they worked on Part 5 Jason, uh, the Roy Jason, and um, I think Part 4, the one associated with the Jarvis map. Yeah. So, And those are two of the most powerful Jasons in the game. And so. With this latest patch, they finally, finally patched the uh, the bu- this game-breaking bug that was yeah. in all the maps to where you could just like basically uh, crouch down onto the uh, the roof of the packinac Lodge, or
2: oh yeah, I remember that yeah.
0: Or, ...or could glitch onto the roofs of yeah and on top of boulders and everything. So now that's completely gone, and it's like yeah, great. That took two years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because I had more people disconnect on me when. Because I see people do that, and I would just go around and start collecting pocket. Start collecting throwing knives and just throwing knife them.
2: Oh, and you yeah. can still kill them. I just. Like, uh,
0: and then there was even a way to glitch Jason onto the roof of Packahan. Really? Yeah, it was. You had to go to this one cabin and. Go face this one wall where you could. St- I'd have to show you how to do it, but and now I can't because they, they patched that out too. But okay. it'd be hilarious for somebody just to be on top of Packenack, just running in circles and teabagging and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden Jason's there. <laughs> no. Because what are they, they going to do? Yeah, <laughs> I
2: mean You're because if they
0: run off. Of, if they run away from you, they're going to die. Yep. You know, so. that's,
2: that's got to be the ultimate satisfaction you glitched the game and you thought you won but oh buddy
0: <laughs> yeah or the best would be was when I would glitch up there and they'd immediately just like throw their playstation out the window or something they would just, like, so fast funny he's like I'm going to Walmart <laughs> I'm gonna buy all of them like, cause like I, <laughs> I had I remember I was in a guard tower one time and I got shot at and I had to call, oh, and I had to call, um, I had to use a radio to, to call, uh, because you can't just shoot back and you, know, you have to call in and all this stuff. And the radio wow. I had literally had a crank on the side. It was like this Vietnam era piece of crap. <laughs> And I think on the bottom it said like Charlie was here or something like that. It was so so (laughs) old and just like all the equipment had always breaking and all this stuff.
2: Meanwhile, you're getting shot at and you gotta turn this knob and everything.
0: Yeah, I know. I had to reach out to my guard tower. Hey, uh, if you could stop that for just a second, I I gotta make a phone call. Thanks, buddy.